Inside the Chamber is brought to you by presenting sponsor, Naperville Bank and Trust. Welcome to Inside the Chamber. I'm Kaylin Riswold, President and CEO of the Naperville Area Chamber of Commerce. We have two great guests here with us today. Uh, Janice Parks, the Chief Human Resources Officer at First Hospitality, and Kim White, the Executive Director at the Career Networking Center. Kim is also the Chair of our Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee. And that's the topic here today, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And why is it important to have a diverse workforce? So, so let's dive right in. Janice, why is it important that we have a diverse workforce? Such a great question, Kaylin, and perfect for the time that we're in in our communities right now, what we're experiencing around the globe, actually. So diversity, inclusion, um, and equity is so important in the workforce today because the global workforce is changing. What we have in terms of employees and staffing looks different than it looked 15 years ago, 10 years ago, even five years ago. And it's no longer a need for companies to say, this is the right thing to do for my business, but employees are saying, you need to do this for us. There needs to be inclusion, there needs to be learning, there needs to be cross-cultural training and understanding differences that happens in the workplace in order to get the job done. So we've gone from this scale of companies wanting to do the right thing by saying we embrace diversity, equity, and inclusion to our employees now saying this is important to us um, in order for us to do the business that you need us to do. Yeah, and I'll just add, I think Janice, what you just said, employees are now speaking up. They have not done that in the past. And so I've been encouraged to see that, I think just from my own lens at, at how employees are, are interested in it and, and, and you know, basically demanding that businesses take, take action around that. All right, I think we expect people to get along in the workplace, right? We, we, we hire the best people to do the right job, yet, companies don't always spend the right amount of time ensuring that when you bring different cultures together, you got to go the extra step and you've got to create avenues to connect people and find a common ground that people really want to work together. And when employees learn more about each other's cultures, they're going to create a level of synergy that allows them to do their best job in the work. Um, and that creates the best business results for companies. So there's that added element that companies, I think, have to be more aware of. And hopefully, through what we're learning and seeing today, they are more aware of. That's the necessity of doing that. Yeah, that's my question. You know, as business owners, not like, how do we foster that environment? I, I think creating the space for it. I'm glad you asked that question because I think a lot of companies right now are trying to figure out the space that they need to be in. They may have diversity councils. They may have employee networks. Um, but they're now looking at this differently, saying, how do I leverage these groups to help us make the right business decisions? Um, and I would say these groups have probably in the past been in their employer's ear about what's best, how things are seen in their community. If it's a product that they're selling, if it's advertising they're selling, if, if it's a hotel space that we're providing to people who are traveling, um, what does diversity, inclusion, and equity look like in my workspace? Um, employers have to put on a different hat and be open to listening to what the employees that represent those groups are saying and have probably been saying for a long time. 
Yeah, and I think just, again, to your point, in the last five years, I think a lot of companies have really encouraged those groups. I think before they were there, employee resource groups and all of that, but I think now they, they have more of a voice and, and employers are listening to, to them. So uh, again, leaning back, or going back to being a business owner, how do I ensure that my workforce is diverse? How am I hiring? Are there tips or tricks to make sure that I'm hiring so that I'm hiring the right people and that I can foster that environment? I can have that really great environment where we're celebrating diversity. So I'll, I'll take that as a human resources um, leader. We have to get out of what's comfortable in terms of how we've hired in the past. What you will see, and I've worked in different industries, is that companies become comfortable asking the person next to them, who do you think is, would be good for this job? And what happens in the workplace is we hire people that look like us. And when I say that, they don't like him and they don't like me. We hire our friends, we hire associates, we hire somebody within our network um, that doesn't look like us. It does not include people of color necessarily. So that means you've got to start asking other people if we want to branch out and hire talent. Every company wants to hire the best talent. We want to hire the smartest people. We want engaged associates at all times. So you've got to think differently about your hiring practices. And who are you including at the table to make those decisions? So even if Kim and I made a, rep a recommendation for somebody for a position, if somebody that doesn't look like Kim and I are at the table to make the selection decision, we're right back where we started, right? So it's thinking differently about the entire process, who's involved in those decisions. Um, employees will tell you best probably where to find talent. Um, belonging to resources and networking will also bring talent in, but it can't be the traditional way that people think about hiring. And yeah. that's my other question, you know, let's say I just post my um, job openings on LinkedIn. Should I be posting in different places? Should I be changing the words in my um, job descriptions? What can I do to actively seek out ways to continue to have a diverse workforce? Yeah, so I was going, just to add, I think you have to be intentional, right? So, um, you know, I think as a company, you have to look and say, and, and look and, and, and see, you know, what is it, where, where, where are we lacking here? So or do an audit of your own practices. Look, I mean, you know, you know what it is, but sometimes you have to look at that, you know, through that lens. And then pick, pick one metric that is gonna improve your hiring. So are you looking for, for more females? Or are you looking for more people of color? And then when you get to, um, you know, what you mentioned, Kaylin, around that job posting, you have to reword that posting so that it includes, so it is inclusive of people that you're looking to fill that role. So companies really have to do that kind of full circle 360 audit of themselves. And, and I think also what you brought, what you said, Janice, around um, having a seat at the table. You have to have the right people at the table. If you don't have that diverse group at the table, you're gonna be back where you started. When I uh, talk to uh, potential hires about coming any, any any company and what they're looking for, they want to feel like they can belong somewhere. So if I'm in, if I'm at your website and I don't see anybody that looks like me, or I don't see any females in any leadership roles, I may think twice about applying to that employer. So employers, to Kim's point, you have to be intentional 
if you want to be inclusive, um, it should be represented across the board. And when I say board, I mean board, literally board, um, executive roles, leadership roles. Somehow you have to be able to display that when you are trying to sell your company to a potential hire. Those things are really important. Companies that go the extra step to talk about that, to showcase not only their benefits and how they're hiring or how many awards they've won, they should spend an equal amount of time talking about the diversity of their workforce and why that's important. Absolutely, and Janice, I wanna talk about something that came up here at the Chamber recently is we um, refreshed our employee handbook and was talking with an employment law attorney, making sure that I covered everything in the handbook. And there's so many things that she added that I didn't even think about, which is my own fault. And I'm, I'm glad that I took it to the table, made sure to cover everything because I want to have a diverse and an inclusive um, staff here at the Chamber and, and emulate that model for other businesses. But how important is the employee handbook? Great question. We, uh, our employee handbook at my company has been on my desk uh, since I've started only because we are taking the time and the right amount of time to revise it and bring it up to date to 2020. It is important. It isn't the end all, but it is important in how you work things. Um, the things that you're saying you accept as uh, part of your policy or, or not a part of your policy are very important. This is a great time to review that. Um, if you don't have somebody legal on staff to help you, find a friend, find a resource that may have that experience, um, and don't be afraid to share it with people who um, are outside of your network to say, will you, do you take, take a minute to read this or go over this with me? Um, I just heard a story today um, about a young uh, African-American mom who was taking her nine-year-old son to a restaurant who was dressed like a nine-year-old kid in a, a t-shirt and and uh, shorts and gym shoes um, and was denied entrance into that restaurant while the mother filmed um, a white kids around the same age in a very similar outfit. Almost looked like these kids had dressed each other, um, but was sitting and eating. Um, and they said, well, it's not a part of our policy. And what their policy said was um, you couldn't wear uh, athletic wear, gym shoes um, at the restaurant. They've, they've changed that. Obviously, they're embarrassed that this was filmed and it was shown on national TV. But these are the types of things that may be included in a policy that companies have to look at carefully and say, is this important to getting my business operations done? Is this important for my employees to show up at work? Should I tell my employees that they have to have a professional look? Therefore, for African-American women, that means no braids. Or African-American men, does that mean no dreadlocks? You have to think about what you're putting in writing. And then what does that mean cross-culturally to the members of your staff? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and the handbook is not an end-all be-all, but I feel like it's a good start. It's something that if businesses are saying, what can I do now? Take a look at your policies and start there to at least start having those conversations. Is that good advice? I think the first thing is what you just said. Have a conversation mm -hmm. with your team. Uh, if your team isn't diverse, have a conversation with your team. That's not, that doesn't mean they're not feeling all the emotions and the, um, the anger and the feelings around what's happening right now. Sometimes we miss that as employers because I may have, not, I may not have a diverse staff, therefore it's not important for me to have this conversation. I, that's not correct. And if you have young people on staff, I will tell you it's a part of their conversation. Millennials, it's a part of their conversations. 
boomers, it's a different conversation, but it's equally important to have that conversation. I just wanted to add real quick about the employee handbook. I know when we had ours redone, we, we went to, um, we uh, obtained the services of a law attorney to, to take care of that for us. And once that was done, we also brought in uh, members of our team to also look at it. So now, and there was, you know, there were a few tweaks that our team had suggested. So I think having that legal mind behind it is important, but also having members of your team to also take a look at that. Because at the end of the day, that's what they're signing off on. They received that employee handbook. This is what everybody's gonna go by if there's issues or concerns that come up. So it's important to have, a, again, a diverse group of people, you know, taking a look at that. Yeah, and, it, and it's empowering. So that's kind of how our process went. We had a staff team look at it for some full-time employees, some new employees, some part-time, and have everybody come up with their suggestions first. And I think it's important to have that buy-in. You know, when you feel like you're included at the table, when you feel like you're part of the process, it empowers you to want to make a difference and to change, I don't know. So, so I would just add, Kaylin, you, you keep in mind, there's some things in the policy that you need to have, right? Sexual harassment, there's some things that just need to be there. And then there's some things that don't. So the things that don't, you have to think about how does this impact my business? Does it impact my business? Is it important to have? Is it not important to have? Because once you put it in there as an employer, you're pretty, you're stuck with it when something goes awry. When something goes awry, you're, you're, you're stuck with what you put in writing. So just be mindful of that and um, put in writing what you need to have in writing. Yeah, putting in writing is, again, the start of the conversations and where those up, you can fall back on, well, this is our policy or this isn't our policy. I think um, just having some more open conversations, like you're saying, with the employees, bringing people to the table is important and being intentional. Um, Kim, talk a little bit more from the job seeker side. What else can I do as an employer to make sure that people feel welcome when they read my ads to join my company? Yeah, I mean, again, it's just the, the wording of that job post. What does, what does it say? Are the words more, um, you know, masculine where you're speaking more to probably a male that would look at that and say, oh, they're looking for for, um, you know, uh, a male to join the team. So I think, again, it comes down to the wording of that job posting. I think that's very, very important um, for, for job seekers as they're looking at that. And then just, you know, inclusive words as well. You can, it's got to be words around, you know, you're going to, you, you, you embrace equity and inclusion. And so those words have to be, you know, throughout that job posting. Our folks are just not going to feel like they're welcome. And the other thing is your website. What does your website look like? When you go on there and you take a look at who, you know, the about section, who's part of that team. Is that team inclusive? Do you see all white faces? Do you see, a, you know, faces of color? Do you see, you know, females and males? So, I mean, job seekers are going to look at things like that because you can say you're diverse and you're inclusive, but you have to be able to see that. It's easy to say it, but you have to also show it. Absolutely. And I want to close one with one. That, Go ahead, Janice. I was just going to add one thing that um, I think employers where we miss opportunity is when it gets to um, what type of experience you have. Are you willing to take, you know, on practical experience against um, uh, having a certain degree, right? Um, do you need a degree? <laughs> 
Do you need a master's degree? Do you need an MBA? Do you need a PhD? Do you really need a PhD? And I'm going to be filing papers. So you have to really be conscious about the types of things you put in a job description if you really are trying to be inclusive. Um, and that works for regardless of ethnicity that you're bringing in or you want to bring into your company. Maybe you want to hire older workers, right? And they may bring 40 years of experience to the table uh, against a, a recent degree that you may be looking for. So just be mindful of those types of things. You know, when I look at, again, when I go to someone's website, I, I look at the pictures that they use. I mean, those things speak to me. And so if I don't see that diversity, for me, I may not, I'm gonna to choose to take my business somewhere else. So I have, to, I have to see that diversity. Absolutely, and I wanna close with one last question. We kind of started the conversation saying, wow, we've come so much in five years. For each of you, and I'll start with you, Kim, where do you hope to see us in five years? Yeah, I mean, I think just in general, when we're talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and what's going on just in our country, um, you know, I'm hopeful. I, I think that, um, there's a lot of people talking about it now. And so I'm, I'm very hopeful that we're gonna see, you know, I, I keep saying that we're in that kind of hashtag me too moment right now as it relates to diversity, equity, inclusion, civil rights. And so I think, you know, it's, it's not gonna be um, something that happens overnight, but I definitely in five years, we're gonna see progress. Hopefully in the next year, we're gonna see progress, but for sure in five years. Absolutely, and Janice? So absolutely. So Caitlin, I'm watching everything that's happening. Being in the role that I am, I also am watching what businesses are doing and what they are saying. Companies are putting out action steps. We're going to do these things. They're putting it in writing. They're being bold. Um, they're being courageous and they're being deliberate. And that is important. I hope to continue to see that over the next five years, but we will know. Will we see more women of color in positions and higher ranking positions? Will we see more people of color leading organizations and represented on boards? Um, will our children have opportunities um, to be accepted in the colleges at the same rate of, of other people who are not of color? So we have a long ways to go. Um, I'm watching, I am telling the story, uh, hopefully representing in a way that is supportive of all of our employees um, so that everybody feels of the equation, but I want to be very clear, the climate we are in is about inequities as it relates to African Americans, and it's important to say that because we can get pushed to other topics. This is the one that is driving or not driving what we're doing in the workplace, um, but it benefits all if we do it right. Absolutely. Well, thank you both for joining me for the conversation and the start of many to hopefully continue in our community, business community, and our area as well. So thank you, Kim and Janice, for joining me. Thank you, Kayla. Thank you. Inside the Chamber is brought to you by presenting sponsor, Naperville Bank and Trust. Naperville Bank and Trust has the expertise, knowledge, and experience to help you reach your business goals. They provide all the tools that you would ask uh, that we as a growing business need of a bank. Most importantly to me, it's a, a great personal relationship we have with Tom and John and, and our bankers. It was the best thing we could have done in banking. And banking can be very cold. What the bank brings to us is, is that warm feeling when you come into the bank and people say, hi, Greg. It's about being part of the community again, about being a name again, about having credit 
for who your business is instead of just being well, instead of just being a number. Naperville Bank and Trust. Bring it home. Inside the Chamber is brought to you by presenting sponsor, Naperville Bank and Trust. Welcome back. It's time for our board spotlight. We have Christina Caton Kitchell, partner and senior vice president at Caton Commercial and Naperville Area Chamber of Commerce Board of Directors member. Um, and I want to learn a little bit more about you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks, Kaylin. Um, I appreciate you having me on here today. Um, I am one of the partners at Caton Commercial Real Estate Group here in Naperville. I'm also a resident um, right here in the downtown, so I work and live and definitely play a lot, um, a little bit less these days, but generally I'm in the downtown a couple times um, a week. So our company as a whole, we're a third party brokerage. We do commercial real estate solely. Um, my specialty is retail leasing and investment sales. Um, so you'll see that ginormous library project on Washington Street is one that our group has been lovingly working on for um, just shy of a decade at this point. Um, but other opportunities as such, I help business owners find new locations, expand their brand into new marketplaces, as well as representing landlords um, to find quality tenants to fill their buildings and spaces. And how did you get involved with the chamber and get on the board of directors? So my chamber involvement really kicked up about seven years ago when we relocated our company from Plainfield to Naperville. I was already living here, but it was the first time I got my partners to move our business into this community. Um, and the first thing we did was obviously sign up with the chamber and schedule our ribbon cutting, which was great. But I wanted to figure out how to get to know the businesses and so forth more in the area because I had personal friendships, but not so much on the business side. Um, and I attended the membership um, orientation and was very lucky to fall into one of the team B2B groups um, speaking at that. And that was my first group that I got involved with. And, and it was definitely the best fit at the right time. Very proactive group um, that really cared deeply about moving everybody's business forward and really forging those relationships of a trusted advisors. Um, and that kind of kicked off my interest in finding the right groups within. I went on to Legacy Circle, Family Business Roundtable. Um, I'm probably missing a couple others, but, but they were all smaller groups that really created that bonded trust. Um, and then from there, you know, not only yourself, but Nikki Anderson prior, we're making a lot of changes positively in the um, chamber as a whole. And I, I definitely wanted to be a part of that. And I wanted to be able to voice my opinion, which I do so well, and uh, see how it's evolved over time. And so how long have you been on the board? Oh, I'm, I'm actually rolling towards the end. I have been on the board for two and a half years. So my term will be up at the end of this year, which will be very sad because you've only been in here for just under a year, coming up on a year. And I just see even more, um, more changes within in the positive to kind of reach out into the community even more. So it's going to be exciting to see what happens in the next three to five years. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being part of that change and being a part of our board of directors. Um, like you said, I think it's important that if people want to see change, sometimes they have to be a part of it. Um, and so thank you for being so involved. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you want to say about, you know, how you got where you're at or why it's, you would encourage other people to raise their hands and volunteer? I would say the other group um, that really is a good parlay into if there is interest in the board is Business Works. Um, and I should have started with that one, but that is really the advocacy arm um, of the chamber that really looks at how decisions on a national versus a state level versus a local level really affect our businesses and how we operate and what obstacles we have to overcome. So I really encourage people who maybe see a change that's enacted and gets frustrated um, to join a group like Business Works because you can be on the front line and really hear those things and have the ear of the mayor. And, you know, sometimes we have city council, but it's, it's really a direct way to hear what's coming down the pipeline and what you should anticipate and what changes to have. So that would be my advice. Get involved with something smaller that your voice can grow bigger. Awesome. Well, thank you for your involvement and thank you for joining us here today. Thanks, Kaylin. Inside the Chamber is brought to you by presenting sponsor, Naperville Bank and Trust. Naperville Bank and Trust has the expertise, knowledge, and experience to help you reach your business goals. They provide all the tools that you would ask uh, that we as a growing business need of a bank. Most importantly to me, it's a, a great personal relationship we have with Tom and John and, and our bankers. It was the best thing we could have done in banking. And banking can be very cold. What the bank brings to us is, is that warm feeling when you come into the bank and people say, hi, Greg. It's about being part of the community again, about being a name again, about having credit for who your business is instead of just being, well, instead of just being a number. Naperville Bank and Trust, bring it home. Inside the Chamber is brought to you by presenting sponsor, Naperville Bank and Trust. Welcome back. Now we have Kelly Kaisers, our Director of Marketing and Communication here at the Naperville Area Chamber of Commerce, joining us with our Marketing Minute. Thank you, Kaylin. I wanted to talk about reviews today. I think everybody knows when somebody is looking to go to a new business or in search of a particular type of professional, what are we doing? we're searching first. We search Google <laughs> and what comes up either your website or your social profile. And are you asking for that review that you so well deserve? If you have a positive experience that you think would help your business to thrive, ask for it, be boastful, put it on your social channel, create a social post, make sure it lives on your web website. A testimonial is a great way to increase business, increase leads, and convert those people who are on the fence into customers.
get a review. Awesome. Well, thank you. And thank you for joining us for Inside the Chamber. We'll see you next time. Inside the Chamber is brought to you by presenting sponsor, Naperville Bank and Trust.